Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast. Just like we've been doing for the last couple of years here on the Tour Coach, I'm going to be bringing you lots of chats, interviews, roundtable discussions on what we do, how we do it, from players to coaches to caddies, students. All of this comes from my travels that are on tour or to Old Palm or from here in Mobile or wherever it is I go around this country, around the world, teaching and coaching at the game of golf that I love. So hopefully, if you listen, you're going to like what you hear. There's there's lots and lots of info and content coming your way that I think are going to help all of you understand and play the game even better or, or coach the game. We've got so many coaches that listen to this tour coach podcast. So appreciate all of you that have gone along with me on this journey for the tour coach. I didn't necessarily know where I was going with it when I started this, this when the do sweepers radio show ended on XM serious. Uh, but I can tell you that it has given me so much freedom and creativity to be able to talk a little more and a little more in depth and bring all of you a behind the scenes inside the ropes look at what me and my team do and the people that we associate with it and how you can use us as a resource to help you get better at the game of golf look and if you like what you hear on the tour coach also make sure you check out our pro work video series which is available for you on youtube and my youtube channel if you just go on youtube and type in pro work It'll pull up the episodes that are out there. Some really, really great stuff that takes you behind the scenes and inside the ropes. And before I let you go to the tour coach, special thanks to my sponsors that have all been with me for such a long time. Shrixon Golf, been with them over 20 years. Can't find anybody better in the equipment side of the world. Bushnell Golf, such a big part of what we're doing with pro work and what I do day to day, especially with the Launch Pro. Vineyard Vines, Ian and Shep, Amber and the folks there always keep me looking great. We've been such great partners for a good long time. And lastly, McConnell Automotive uh, here in Mobile, Alabama. Mitch McConnell and the gang, there's nobody that has supported me longer. I mean, they're unbelievable. And the folks at Buick GMC for supporting the Dew Sweepers radio show, as well as the tour coach, and as well as pro work. So check out McConnell Automotive and Buick GMC. And lastly, our, my friend Blaine Stokely and Stokely's Midtown Garden Express here in Mobile. Those folks keep the dew sweepers and keep the pro work and the tour coach and all of our content alive and well for all of you that love the game and want to learn. Enjoy the Tour Coach podcast, which is coming your way right now. All right, so joining me here on the Tour Coach, this is a cool one. Uh, like, weird to say this, but this is something I found through Instagram. <laughs> a friend of mine, or a Jackson Court, who many of the people listen to this know, longtime assistant of mine, great teacher, young teacher over in Jacksonville, found this on Instagram and sent it over to me. Uh, it was a copy of a, it was from a post from our, our next guest or our guest here today, Chris Welch, biomechanics expert, uh, uh, baseball, golf, all of that. Uh, and it was an old golf digest article that my old mentor, if you listen to this show, Hank Johnson, you've heard us talk probably ad nauseum about it, but, uh, his influence on me and, and some of the stuff I learned from him, which is the foundation of what I teach. And it was a, it was a post from some work that they had done back in the, ASMI, the Alabama Sports Medicine Institute days and in the early days of, of biomechanics involving in golf and sports. And Chris was there. He was, he was a little younger back in those days, but, uh, Chris, thanks for sitting in. And, uh, I, I have been pumped for a week or so knowing we're going to do this because I just, I use this as not only as a vehicle to put stuff out, but for me to learn more. And I'm just yeah. so curious because like I told you on the phone before we came on, like, the foundation of what I teach and the players I teach came from 
those those first eight, nine, ten years with Hank. And so much of the stories and the pictures and the things that when you would sit around and at the end of our day, we'd sit around and have wine or a glass of rum and he'd share stories about, and a lot of them revolved around those ASMI days. I would love to hear from you some of those stories and let's talk about the development of biomechanics and kind of like where it started in golf and kind of how you see it going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's uh, like I, like you said, I was a lot younger back then. Um, this was this you know all the way back to like ninety ninety one when I first uh, started at ASMI as a as a biomechanics fellow. Um, and I went down there primarily to do baseball because obviously ASMI is known primarily for their baseball research, and uh, uh, and I was coaxed into to sort of uh, taking control and kind of charge of the golf program, which. Which had uh, had some money endowed and was was sitting there, but but no one had really had had a chance to do anything with it. So I got kind of got coaxed into to doing the golf, and the first person I met um, was Hank was Hank Johnson, and uh, and so and I, I remember the first, one of the first things he did was he brought in all these, including our golf machine, but he brought brought in all these golf texts and set them on my desk and said, here you know start here start reading this stuff. Um, so, you know, it, was, it started a long time ago. And the, the thing is, is, I came to it. I mean, I, I had golfed, obviously, as an athlete, um, but it wasn't like my main sport. And I wasn't I, I don't consider myself like a, a, a golfer, per se. Um, so, you know, coming to this, uh, you know, I needed to learn a lot, not just about the biomechanics of it, but uh, but but of, of, of the golf game and the golf sort of sort of like mechanics, um, you know, as much as I could as we started. So, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, when we started, uh, one of the first things we did was that article that you're referring to on the golf digest field, the tour pro, you know, pressures. Um, we had, uh, and, and, you know, some money and endowment for research from, uh, from foot joy. And we were looking at, um, the differences of different, different styles of outsoles and stability Mm -hmm. and swing performance. Um, and, uh, so one of the first things we did was we went to, um, uh, World Series of Golf, Firestone. This is back in like '91, mm-hmm. and we set up on. Believe it or not, on the range. This is 30 years ago, plus, <laughs> right? And we set up, and we had um, to 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 collect the biomechanics data, the motion data. We had two Ectopro cameras, Kodak Ectopro, and I don't know if you remember or even know what these are, but they were they're high speed. And I mean, each camera cost about a hundred thousand dollars. Kodak oh. actually came. Yeah, I mean they're they're, but but these these were massive, essentially VHS tapes that ran, and the the tape itself would run through at like fifty miles an hour. To it was just it was a it was a, an incredible thing. And the machines were huge, and we had them out on the course. Um, but then we had uh, we had we didn't we couldn't have force plates, but we had um, insole pressure mapping from TechScan. And we did this whole whole project, and uh, Tom Purser was one of them. Rocco Mediate was another um, that participated in providing data. Um, and uh, Hank had connections to, to Golf Digest, obviously. And uh, he and Roger Schiffman um, essentially crafted this article, and I supported it with the with the technology technology and data part of it. Uh, but it, it became a really cool, I thought, one of the one of the coolest articles. I think maybe ever on sort of that and, and and 30 years ago but uh on that the whole idea of pressure shifting pressure weight shift and then obviously ground reaction and kinematics so talk a little that's where I, yeah. talk a little if you don't mind about that article and what you guys found because i and i'm curious like we kind of joked off before we before i started recording like i think that 
people think biomechanics in golf, like like this just started three years ago at the PGA show or something at an open right. forum or something, you right, know, right, like right. this is, yeah. you know what, it's been 30 years, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Oh, 30 years for me. And, uh, but you know, before that there was, there, you know, t- you know, at least 10 to 20 years before that, you know, there was things being done. And the thing is, it's being done with motion capture and being done with force plates and, and pressure. Uh, so like you said, I think a lot of people think that this is just the last few years, but it's been going on for for quite some time, most of which the early years was in, in more of a research format. So not, you know, wasn't as exposed to people mm-hmm. who didn't realize it was going on. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that the thing about um, uh, the pressure part is pressure um, is, is a gateway to sort of the ground, understanding ground reaction because you know, you're essentially looking at the the pressure that, you know, that is, is being created underneath the feet um, and also like the center of pressure tracking, which is a popular thing now. Um, but that is, is giving you insight into how you are applying force into the ground. And so, you know, what we were able to do 30 plus years ago with that article and that research um, was to show the correlation between where your center of pressure is and how it moves and, and then the overall pressure under the foot re- related to uh, all the ground reaction that's happening. And it's really, it's the ground reaction forces that are are essentially driving the mechanism of the golf swing, really. Um, so it's, you know, it was an early insight. And the, the cool thing about that article was we're like, okay, and, and that's, that's the great thing about Hank and then with Roger kind of helping us craft it, um, was we need to make this, you know, uh, um, absorbable and attainable to the average person, you know. So uh, it, it became more about feels. And that's something I've, I've continued to really stress for the last 30 years of what I do is, is obviously there's all this technical stuff going on, but it boils down to some basic feels and things that you can internalize and use as sort of internal cues. So that was the whole focus of that article was what, is, what are these forces or what, more so what are the pressures under the feet telling us about a golfer's feel? for his swing. So I thought that was a pretty cool, pretty unique approach to the, to the data. No question. I think one of the things that he stressed upon me in my years with him, um, was the importance of, you know, learning and trying to learn these things that could be complex, but the ability to transfer that, to explain that to the student and get the student to do it without saying or thinking or doing a whole lot really, you know, like, you know, and I think that was his brilliance. He trans, you know, he certainly impressed that upon me. I've certainly taken that in my approach. Um, you know, and, and, and I think sometimes I told you, like, I don't know that he gets enough credit for, uh, how forward thinking he was because when he taught day to day on the tee, I mean, he didn't, he didn't, you would never hear him talk in, in any of those terms, but very much like, what did that feel like to you? Right. Yeah. Like he yeah. would and, and get people. You know, he did a lot of stuff, slow motion with people and to help them learn to feel things. What were some of the cues or some of the feels if you go back to that stuff that you remember or that uh, that came out of that study in that article that that, you know, obviously are applicable today? Yeah, well, I'll go back even just a little bit. Before okay. that. I would 100 percent agree with, you know, if you think about it, Hank was was probably the OG, the original when you consider <laughs> a golf pro interacting with biomechanics because really back then biomechanics was only accessible in multi-million dollar labs, right? Right. My had this unbelievable setup and there was only maybe like three or four, uh, maybe a hospital and a a couple universities that had anything like that 30 plus years ago. And so uh, to be honest with you, 
I don't think anybody prior to Hank was interacting with real biomechanics data, you know, uh, on that kind of level, right? So, I mean, he was really the original golf coach, golf instruction, you know, when it comes to interacting with biomechanics. I think that's a, a huge thing. And what what he brought to the equation, so, you know, I'm an engineer, you know, by degree, and, by, uh, and so what he brought to it is i you know was that feel component right so i would say hey here's here's your here's your moments here's your torques here's your you know ground reactions there's all this stuff technical stuff and his his uh, real talent in addition to obviously understanding golf and being able to, to communicate and teach was to be able to distill pretty complex you know technology and pretty complex concepts down to simple things that a uh, a golfer at any level could then, you know, bring into their golf swing, and so much of that was feel. And the thing is, is as I've progressed on in my career, I've gone past just the diagnostic part into the application part from a biomechanics, not a golf coach perspective, but from a biomechanics perspective. And and I've based, you know, almost everything I do on feel as well. You know, obviously there's all this technology yeah. and all this information, but it's about feel. And I think I think early on a big part of that because we knew lower body really drives this process and it's it's a linkage and sequence from the ground up was a lot of what he was he was trying you know here's here's the stuff here's the technology he was trying to 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 break down into lower body fields and weight shift fields and like we talked about pivot fields Mm -hmm. um and i think you know not only was it brilliant but it, it was highly effective you know so what do you remember any of those fields and some of those things obviously i wasn't I wasn't with y'all at that time. I wasn't there yet. Uh, you know, I'm always just looking for old cues and things that I can learn from the past. I obviously came up under his teaching tree. What were some, do you remember any of some of the unique things, the feels or some of the things that y'all found at that time that were effective for helping, helping players or students and golfers get better or, and, and be able to use the ground for lack of a better word or develop their pivot better? Yeah, well, I think the, the the first one is is uh, understanding how to to load um, or engage the trail side. You know, like mm-hmm. how how am I really gonna? Because obviously everything starts with the counter movement with the backswing and and loading and preparing to then accelerate and swing in the downswing. So I think one of one of the key elements was the feel and w- kind of where you want to feel your weight um, appropriately in in the trail foot uh, when you're actually loading you know you don't want it to be either too far forward or too far uh, backward you know towards the heel um, and also that sense of as I'm loading when do I really start my transition you know we could we could see center of pressure and and the pressure between the two feet shifting underneath the swing way before you saw any real change of direction in the swing pattern right so that idea of being able to stabilize and, and shift weight into that trail side, keeping it in more sort of in the center of the foot as opposed to either too far forward or backward, uh, and then being able to, to push or, or transfer that weight forward in a, in a weight shift and a pivot, um, and that feeling of that, that, uh, that, that uh, sort of transition starting way earlier than what, what most people thought it did. You know, I think those were, were key, and it was definitely a lot of ground up, you know, kind of mm-hmm. feels which uh, I think are, are highly effective for, for getting people to, to move better, you know, more efficiently. One of the things I took from, you know, being his assistant and, and learning from him. And then as I, like I told you off the air, and then that kind of set me on this path of trying to figure out like, you know, Chris, like I, I had some success early, but like, I didn't really know why, <laughs> you know, I had guys yeah, playing yeah, better, yeah. you know, cause like yeah. we didn't have all the crap that we have now. 
you know? Yeah. And, and like, I mean, I knew guys were playing good, but like, I also couldn't, I wasn't very smart. I couldn't differentiate between sometimes why some guys, you know, did better than others, even though they kind of looked fairly similar and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that set me on this, you know, with the pivot and trying and trying to figure it out. But along that, you know, from Hank and, and then later all the stuff that I do with Colby Touye, who trains a lot of athletes down there in Palm beach and, mm-hmm. you know, was Hank and really impressed upon me. And then it has continued that like, if you learn to get the person, especially better players to load correctly, going back mm-hmm. that the better they do there, like it cleans up a lot of the forward swing without you having to try to do it. I mean, exactly. is is that something that you see? Am I wrong on that? I mean, this, like I said, this is oh, as no. much for me to learn. But like, like to me, if I, I've always thought like if I can get a player more balanced at address and set up that comes from my early days, and the better I can do to get them to learn to load correctly, like that to me cleans up a lot of the transition and a lot of the stuff out of the top. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, think about it. Like when we were doing this all the way back in ninety ninety one ninety two. The no one there was there was the, the additional research or the, you know the other research I was talking about had been done, but no one was actually pulling it together. So one of the things that we did way back then was we had pressure data, force plate data, and kinematic data, and we and we so we could see literally everything that was going on. Where most of the research was just isolated ground reaction or just isolated pressure or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to to see all that. So like you said, we were able to kind of differentiate. And we have, of course, you know, being ASMI in the lab, we had so many of the top players at the time coming through and providing data, so we could see what the the best of the best LPGA PGA was doing. Um, and so we're able to see, like you said, what differentiates. What are some of these key elements that maybe we don't see or we're not aware of? Um, and we could break it down. And then again, this was 30 years ago. Um, and I think what we found is that just as you said, is you can't control the downswing. You set up the downswing. Downswing happens in less than half of a second. And most of the critical things that are going on are even less than that, right? Fractions of a second. Um, it's not things you can you can control on the fly. It's things you set up that that you allow to happen. And we realized that 30 years ago uh, or more. <laughs> um, and I think what what you're saying is true. And I think that's, that's the beauty of what Hank was able to do. It was to take all this information and sort of break it down into really simple concepts and really simple coaching approaches. And like you said, if you can initially have impact on the, the loading and, and that setup to transition, which are all things that you can, you know, kind of more control, right. Cause they're not happening at, in split seconds. You allow yourself to be in position to let everything happen. Now that doesn't mean that there isn't things that you can't, you know, kind of fine tune mechanically uh, in, you know, during the downswing. But like you said, if you're set up correctly and you move in the beginning and at the beginning of transition appropriately, most of those things, the, the greater scope of things start to take care of themselves. And, you know, we, and we were doing that, like I said, 30 years ago, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. You think it. so, it's yeah. just insane to me. And that's one of the things that I think as I've gotten older, I'm 52 now, like as I, you know, I look back on things is like, man, a lot of the stuff, People always say to me, like, oh, has your teaching changed with all the stuff you have? And I was like, man, mine kind of really hasn't. Like, I mean, I I have more cues and ways to explain stuff now. But, like, I think my foundation, and I was just fortunate. I mean, like, that stuff I learned from him was, like, 30 years ago. But it was – but, I mean, it was pretty damn accurate, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it wasn't like one of those – I wasn't teaching some stuff that – 
kind of went out of style, you know, I mean, yeah. and, 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 and I, and I'm just fortunate because of that. Well, you think about it, like, I know this is, again, this is 30 years ago, but you think about it. So the way ASMI was set up in these fellowship programs, we had biomechanics fellowships and there was, we had that, you know, multi-million dollar lab with everything you can imagine. And then you had uh, doctoral uh, or like, like uh, postdoc fellowships, right. For sports medicine. And the way that, that worked was that the, 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 the uh, postdoc um, guys would, would, would have to create research pr- you know, projects as part of what they were doing, and we would support that and provide information on whatever it was. And, but in a way, Hank was one of those, right? So Hank could come with questions, and we would do the research, and we'd look at it, and we, we would have those answers, so to speak, right? Say, oh, yeah, look at this. And, and, and now, now there's enough out there that, okay, it's more like adding to the body of knowledge. But back then, there was nothing. Like, we were like, oh, my God, look at this. You know, like, and so Hank was, was lucky enough to have that situation where when he had questions or thoughts about the gospel, we would just test it out. You know? and, uh, and then, but then the, the best part was that his, his ability and his knowledge to, to sort of, you know, use that information in a practical way. And like I said, I mean, I learned a ton uh, on, on everything, but in terms of like transitioning or, or moving from technical jargon and technical information to something that's digestible, usable, um, coachable, you know, that was, that was huge. So when you talk about the, you, you talked about, you know, discussing getting loaded correctly or making it, you know, loading the trail side and to prepare, you know, for the transition, what, what are some of the keys or like, if you said like, Hey, these are things that in general, or, you know, like I see, these are commonalities of, of things that people do that load, you know, correctly or trail. Like what are there some things that we could throw out there that people can look for? A lot of teachers, obviously somebody driving around listening to you and I as a golf nerd, I mean, somebody just going to Publix, <laughs> somebody just going to Publix, uh, you know, wanting to listen to an Alabama football probably isn't listening to this, but uh, right. they're golf nerds. Right. So are there some commonalities in there that we could share with people from your research and your experience and so forth? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think one of the things to understand is that uh, ground reaction and pressure, like I said, are indicators. But remember, they're indicators of force, right? So when we talk about weight shift, I think most people think I have to shift my body, shift my center of mass. That's my weight shift. And, of course, that is going on, right? But, but a big part of what you're seeing in terms of pressure shifts and, and ground reaction application or, or, or force application to the ground is really just dynamic force. So one of the things I think is really important to understand is that transition underneath the feet, transition into downswing happens really early, like we just talked about, right? It happens almost just immediately after takeaway. Your, your lower body starts to change direction, put on some brakes, and then wants to accelerate in the downswing way before you see anything really happening, mm-hmm. you know, with the swing part of it. So one of the, I think one of the keys is understanding that a strong lateral brace. So if you're, if you're over shifting center of mass, where you're trying to shift all your weight over to the right side um, or to the trail side, I should say, left. Yeah. but to the trail side where you're, you're, you're shifting predominantly center of mass um, can get you off base and, and break up your sequence on the downswing. Whereas if you shift, you're going to shift your center mass a little bit, but if you're bracing and stabilizing against that shift, that's a load, right? I think some people think loading means I have to push all my weight over to my trail side and kind of hang out over there, and that's a load. And it, same thing, you know, it's, uh, you know, people in baseball think the same thing. But if you're, if you're sort of shifting the center mass against a stable sort of braced trail side, 
and you're absorbing that energy, that's loading. And it's way more dynamic than static, you know. So um, I think that's the key is being dynamic with your lower body, dynamic early in, in, the, in the swing, way earlier than most people think. A lot of people wait to the very end of their backswing to start to want to engage, and then it's too late and you're out of sequence already. So I think one of the keys is being dynamic with the lower body, being active, bracing, and being stable to, to accept that force and that energy and not just kind of – move and hang out over there. Um, things like that are, are really, I think, critical to, uh, you know, good lower body mechanics and good lower body mechanics are going to set up, like we said, pretty much everything after that. Yeah. I've found in my teaching that like, you know, a lot of folks in an effort to like, they just tend to get too much shift or lateral movement off the ball, trying to get stuff moving. Right. You mm-hmm. know, yep. and then they yep. like oftentimes like you'll see on these plates, like they get to the outside of their foot or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they seem to be out of balance. But like to me, one of the hardest things to teach is like, you know, I know and we know that the pressure starts going back towards the lead side way earlier than you see on a camera. Or people right. feel but like that to me is one of the harder things to teach people. Yeah, well, you know, you think about it in a baseball swing, for example, same thing's happening, but it's a little bit easier because you're either striding or you're mm-hmm. tending to lift that front foot up. And so you engage that forward center pre- pressure shift or that, that forward, weight, you know, quote unquote weight shift, force shift a lot easier and a lot sooner, just naturally. Mm-hmm. In golf, typically you're not, you know, lifting your foot, striding. Um, so you have to try to create those shifts and those pressures. And then obviously that force application um, in a very contained kind of format with, with your feet completely to the ground. And, and it's, it's a lot harder to get it going. And obviously the higher level athletes have mastered that. You know, they, they, they can be dynamic without a big stride or, you know, whatever. But when you're a higher handicap or, or you're, you know, a, a novice coming to, to golf, it's a lot harder to figure out how do I get these shifts going when I'm not as dynamic. You know, I'm not striding or taking that step. Um, so I think it is a hard, hard thing to teach. Um, and, uh, you know, it is a hard thing to master, but, uh, I, you know, I think one of the ways I think is, is in coaching and, and, and training for golf is to always make it about dynamics, mm-hmm. not so much about positions. You know, I think, you know, like you said, people want to shift and I think it becomes more positional. Whereas if, if they think about just their change of direction, the dynamics being athletic, like any other sport it's a lot easier to teach that. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's probably the most critical thing and probably the hardest thing to teach at the same time. I, the, the best success or like where I've, uh, you know, the, the easiest way, I guess, to say it, I've had to translate it to players, but especially recreational golfers that may not always be the greatest athletes, you know, sure, uh, right? Sure. Like is through other things like throwing a soccer ball, like turning and winding into your trail side and then turn, you know, and tossing it to me in front of them and filming it and showing them or using a resistance band and like throwing punches and stuff like that. Cause you know, like, yeah. and then showing them like, to me, that's been the easiest way to get people to like fix transition and, yep. and loading and stuff in particular. Uh, what are your thoughts about that type of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, one, one of the things that I, I've done a lot of uh, that works, I think, very effectively is, again, starting with things that are a little outside the golf swing that, that show you or, or sort of like um, present that dynamic feel, right? Mm-hmm. So like simple simple transitions for me would be 
what I call like a step swing, right? So where you start with your, uh, so you start in a stance, then you bring your lead side to your trail side. And as you take the club back in your takeaway, you step forward into your normal stance with, and then swing from there. And as your front foot comes into contact with the ground, you're cued, okay, start, change direction, right? And they're going to, well, that seems early, right? They want to kind of get wrapped up and mm-hmm. you say, no, that's really where, where it's happening, right? Let your upper body do it. It'll keep, it'll keep going, but let the lower body go. And so what you can do is step people towards it, like do something fairly dramatic, like a step swing where there's right. a big, you know, step forward, hit that, hit that front foot on the ground, that lead foot on the ground. And then that's your cue to change direction and then go to something like just a little, almost like a baseball swing, like a little lift and put it down and then go to a dynamic, say like we call them like um, momentum swings or start forward swings. So rather than starting at a dress, you start the club out in front of you, like pointing towards the target and bring it back with a little extra speed, a little extra momentum. You don't have to step at this point. You've kind of done that work step, mini step, and now what we call like a transition swing. And it gives you that feel of, okay, that extra momentum, it's, it's feels more athletic and you'll see them want to press their lower body forward and start that lower body sooner. And then just gradually teach them how to do that, you know, bring those feels to the golf swing. But, but, and, and it can be done with bands. Like I do a lot of stuff where we use um, banded resistance, um, Mm -hmm. both at the lower body and even the upper body, you know, um, to promote a sense of, of lateral shift. You know, what does that feel like underneath the feet when you, when you add some resistance, whether it's say across the hips or even upper body, you're going to, you're going to enhance their feels, right? So they Mm -hmm. get a better sense of, okay, that's what that feels like. But there's so many ways, uh, different, you know, different exercise modalities, different things like bands and things that you can use, um, to make them feel more dynamic, more athletic. Uh, And then the trick is finding ways to sort of step your way back to the golf swing because right they'll do an exercise they do it great and then they go to their golf swing and they can't seem to find it because there's a bit of a gap between the exercise and the golf swing so finding little ways to bridge that gap with smaller and smaller kind of exercises until you get right to that that swing itself and they're able to feel it finally and, and get it you know so i i can remember you know it's funny i was listening to you go through some of those cues the step swing and the club in front and it builds up some speed. And like, I can remember teeing balls up for HJ at the back of the Santeston range. And there was a gentleman from Mississippi there to see him that was working and it was going through the same dang process you had. Yeah. Right. And then the last part, and I may be a hair fuzzy on this because there's been a lot of wine between then and now, (laughs) but like he put an empty water bottle, plastic bottle under his left foot. Yeah. And then on the way, he would tell him on the way back to try to make you hear the crackle. Yeah. Right. But it was like the progression of what you said, though. Like, you know, it was starting with the step. Then it was, you know, taking the step. You know, it was like the progression, which I thought, as you look back on now, was like helping the person learn to transfer that to the golf swing. Yeah, yeah, you have to have that in there. I mean, you know, the golf swing is essentially a movement habit, right? It's Mm -hmm. deeply ingrained in our nervous system, whether it's good or bad. Um, it's a habit like everything else that we do. Our body is good at creating neural patterns and neural habits because, you know, that's how we function, right? Once you learn how to walk, you don't have to try to think about walking. So, you know, same thing in the gossling. It's, it's deeply ingrained. So the approach to just saying, oh, I know what's wrong. Do this. It's great, you know, intellectually, but physically, neuromechanically, it's virtually impossible. You, you have to step the body through a process 
And the, the very neat thing, and I know Hank knew this and, and was applying it way before mm-hmm. now, like what people are doing now, um, is that you, 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 you know the basics from a biomechanics perspective, like what is driving this. And then you know generally how you want to approach it in a kind of a progressive step-by-step process. Um, but every athlete's different, and every athlete perceives what you're telling them and perceives those exercises differently. So you have to – one size does not fit all, right? The approach is the same, but – how you fine tune it to that each individual is is where you're going to get your your real results, right? Athlete to athlete, it's not just oh here's my approach. It either works or doesn't. It you take here's my approach, but I refine it to each athlete. And I think Hank was doing that you know, 30 years ago. Um, I think golf coaching now is finally starting to appreciate not only the biomechanics of it, but the sort of the motor skill acquisition part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and that's a big part of coaching is not just knowing golf, but knowing how to teach and, and how the body absorbs information and changes pattern, you know? So, you, you know, and, and as we kind of wrap it up, like I go back to those early days and, you know, we, you know, he was so big on helping people. He would always talk about to me and to the students, but he would sit at the end and he'd say like, Hey, if this guy goes full speed with the club, he's going to keep doing He, I remember him sitting, we were sitting there having a rum drink and he said, "If you if this guy goes full speed with a club with a ball, he's going to be doing the same shit he's always done." <laughs> that's Absolutely. what he said, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And and he'd yep. say because the performance part of his brain—that's how he talk—takes t- over and it just does what you know how to do, right? Exactly. And he says, so yeah. he was like, "Look, the f- he would always say the fastest way to get him to change would be to do slow motion stuff in a mirror with no yeah. ball," and he yep. says. He's probably not going to want to do that. So if we can get him to go crazy slow with the ball, where he yeah. turns off worried about the performance, we got a chance to change his movement. And I, and I look at that, and then I transfer that to where I am now. And so much of my training has evolved into teaching people movement patterns using bands or yeah. balls, different things without the club and ball. And that's just, I mean, it's an, it's it's different, but it's the same stuff he was telling us thirty something years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with a lot of uh, PGA and LPGA professionals, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the years. And no matter how great a golfer you are, no matter, no matter how uh, athletic you are, that that holds true, that you can't just like say, I'm going to do this and do it. It's just it's just it's it's neuromechanically impossible. Right. So you have to find ways to bridge into there and like you said a lot of people you know some will do it but a lot of people don't want to just you know like rehearse in front of a mirror and all that kind of stuff so you have to find creative ways and that's 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 the art of coaching right Mm -hmm. so um yeah and and that the coolest thing about this whole thing is that we're doing this 30 plus years ago and like i said hank honestly think about it I, i don't know of any other golf pro of his level or any level um that had access to this kind of stuff that long ago you mm-hmm. know what i mean so uh and like i said it's 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 not just understanding the technology or the, the technical data driven parts of it but it's learning how to you know embrace it and then bring it into the coaching model and and that's uh, that's what hank did and like i said i learned a ton from him and 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 most of what i still do today is the derivative of those early mm-hmm. so yeah. same chris this yeah. has been awesome man i can't tell you how much fun this is i would love to do some more of this with you i i think anytime i get to reconnect with how i started and learn f- from all that stuff it's to me it's just wonderful um but i appreciate you taking the time to sit in yeah i i appreciate the opportunity and it is fun talking about the old stuff because honestly like i said that's where it all started you know and mm-hmm. uh and and everything now is just a derivative of that stuff so it's been fun awesome stuff 
I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrikshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.